As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, bacon and ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba da ba ba ba. This past weekend, the Heel Tough blog got a chance to sit down with former North Carolina Tar Heels quarterback and current Florida International quarterback coach, Bryn Renner. What was uh, your time at Carolina like, and uh, what what are some of the main memories that kind of stick out to you? Yeah, I, I thought it was, the, it was the best experience, you know. Going back, and if, if you look at, you know, when I enrolled as a freshman in 2009 in that summer, and, uh, you know, with Coach Davis and, and everything like that, and, uh, and kind of just getting going when I was a freshman playing baseball and, and you know, redshirt my first year and, and going through that, I thought it was a, it, it was the best experience I could have ever asked for. I, I love that, you know, I can always call, uh, call Carolina home and, and, and be a Tar Heel for life and, and bleed Carolina blue. It was a great experience. And, and, you know, when you make a decision at, at 18 years old and, and, uh, you know, with your family around your support system, you make that decision and you really don't know, you know, how it's going to go and how it's going to transpire. But I couldn't have asked for a better, you know, five years spent uh, at, at Carolina. And, you know, I hold it dearest to my heart. And, and, you know, going through the whole process of, as a freshman and then going sophomore year and, and then starting, you know, sophomore year and then going junior and senior year and going with, with Coach Fedora and kind of just going through a lot of a lot of off the field issues. But, you know, kind of keeping keeping the stable uh, base of the Carolina Foundation. I think that's what what really I'll, I'll carry with me for the rest of my life. And obviously the games are great, but you know people don't really remember the games. They remember your career of, of how you dealt with adversity. And, and I think you know our whole class of the '09 class and even the '08 class, um, the guys that graduated and, and stuck it out, you know, the whole way. I think those are you know my closest friends. Even the, you know the Geo Bernards, you know, who's my roommate. And, uh, you know, Russell Bodine and, and Dwight, Dwight Jones and, and Robert Quinn, who I saw yesterday, uh, those, are the, those are the friendships and the brotherhood that you kind of keep as you go, go through this journey. So it was an unbelievable five years, and I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm very proud I can call myself a Tar forever. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned that you were there for five years. In that time, you had three different coaches. You know, how tough was it kind of to adjust, you know, to each coach you know, you had gotten set to what Coach Davis had wanted, then he ends up having what, you know, what happened to him, and then Everett Withers takes over, and then, you know, one year with him, and then Larry, so how tough was it to kind of, you know, shift gears each time that a new coach came in? I, I think it taught, you know, all of us, and I think I can speak for everybody that was kind of involved with it, to grow up pretty quickly. You know, you had to answer to the media, you had to answer the questions, you know, kind of internally that you had of, you know, you paint this picture, like I said, of, you know, Carolina, I mean, just the Carolina culture and the Carolina foundation, and you really, we really stuck true to it. Um, I think dealing with the three coaches, um, to answer your question, um, it taught me, you know, a lot of leadership, leadership ability that I had to have and, and grow up pretty quickly, um, you know, to, to keep the focus, the, the, the goal of, you know, putting the best product on the field and bringing everybody along with you, you know, with the off-the-field distractions that we kind of had. Um, was really something that, that I, I still use to this day of, you know, eliminating distractions, eliminating, you know, the outside noise of, of you know, not knowing who the coach is and, 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 you know, adjusting to different offenses, you know, different defenses, different ways to, to run a program. I think it was, it was it's taught me a lot of, about myself and dealing with adversity at a young age and, 
and dealing with, you know, being a leader and trying to, hold, you know, kind of trying to be the glue uh, to hold everything together. So it was, I thought all three were very different in different ways, but they all three taught me different things. Um, you know, with Coach Davis, uh, you know, that's why I committed there and that's why I'm back here at FIU with him because it was just such a special time. Those three years we, we spent with him. And then, uh, you know, even with, with Coach Withers, I thought he did a great job of, of keeping us together and, and keeping, you know, the main goal of, hey, you, you came here to play college football and why not go win some football games? And, and unfortunately, you know, he was let go. And then Larry, and then Larry comes in and, you know, Coach Fedora did a great job, you know, on the back end of my career, junior and senior year, when I played a, a lot of football and kind of understanding uh, what we needed and kind of what we what we needed the junior and senior year to, to put a good product on the field, like I said. But it was a lot of fun. I mean, the great times that you had in the locker room and even winning games, you know, in 2012, we won the Coastal Division title. And people kind of forget that, but it was a special time for us, uh, you know, as players. And then 13, you know, unfortunately I got hurt, but they still stuck it together. And I think Marquise did a great job of, you know, taking us to a bowl game when we didn't start out so hot. Um, so I, I think that's what's fun. And, and then you look back and, and what the culture is built now. Uh, the Mr. Trubisky's that you know I helped recruit the Ryan Switzers, the Mac Hollins, and you look back and you you can watch games now and, and reflect and still call those guys friends that you recruited or you were a part of their lives. You know, looking back and you know, I'm 28 now and you can always call those guys friends and you 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 really you look back at those times and what you got through and, and what you what you went through and, and really nothing affects you in the real world now. Yeah, I mean you talked about it. You know, going you know after your sophomore season, then Larry comes in, and it was kind of it was kind of awesome to see. You know, after your sophomore season, you never threw more than one interception in a single game. Was that something that you really sort of focused on going into that junior off season to try to sort of cut down on the turnovers? Absolutely. You know, I think when you know you mentioned when my sophomore year, it was my first year starting in. I don't even know if people know this. I was playing on a broken ankle. I broke it, you know, in the summertime just running hills. And, uh, you know, I had bone spurs in my foot and ended up, you know, playing on it and having to fight through that adversity. But I really harped on, hey, I don't want to turn the ball over to cost cost our team, you know, put put ourselves in a bad situation where we can't go and win the game. And I think that's always kind of been – Something that, as a quarterback, I've I've thought about, but I really didn't emphasize until that summer, going into my junior year. I was costing the team. I think I had, I don't even know thirteen picks. I think my sophomore season, and then eliminated that to seven, uh, or somewhere around those lines. But I really was I didn't want to put the ball in jeopardy, and I think that comes with repetitions. You know, I started as a sophomore. You know, started twelve games, and you know, I didn't. I played well, but and my completion percentage was good, and, and, and I think Coach Shoup did a great job with me of teaching the fundamentals of quarterback. And then Coach Anderson really kind of took it over and said, hey, you can be a better player if you just you know eliminate the interceptions. So I really took that to heart, and I think Larry did a good job of instilling that into me. Hey, it's okay to punt. It's okay to put the ball in situations where, yeah, I, I trusted my arm strength. Uh, you know, when I was a young player, because you don't know any better, but once you get the reps and see different blitzes and see different ways that you can eliminate mistakes, and I think that really helped our team. And and I really took that to heart, even in the summertime in the leadership role. And a lot of the receivers helped me too. They made great plays, and offensive line protected really, really well throughout my entire career. And I was fortunate to have one of the best old offensive lines you know ever at Carolina. You know, five starters going to the NFL in the chance to play, including myself. And then having receivers go play and playing with one of the running backs, one of the best running backs to ever come to the university. I think that was really cool. And so those guys helped me of, hey, 
man, you don't have to do it all. You can kind of check it, check it down to a good running back and throw it to a good receiver. That helps a lot too. Well, your sophomore year wasn't all that bad. You had the James Madison game, which ends up could arguably could be the most memorable game of your career. Um, I mean, you went twenty two or twenty three. At what point in that game did you realize that hey, this is something special's happening right now? You know, I, I that was a little kid. You're getting your first start at home um, in front of the home crowd and. I mean, you probably know, I came in with a lot of expectations, and I was battling with TJ the year previous, and um, he goes on to have a great, great senior season, and he was one of my buddies, and he really helped me along that process, but, you know, to take over the reins from him and play James Madison, and I said, you know, I felt like a little kid in the backyard. It was kind of like you run out of the smoke, and you got to pinch yourself. Um, I'll never forget running out of smoke for the first time, and, you know, when you jog on the field, and they, they announce, hey, starting at quarterback is... You know, and they say your name, it gives you goosebumps. And I really just played with, you know, just the love of the game. I was like just, you know, in heaven. I always, I didn't care if I threw four picks. I didn't care if I completed every ball. You know, I, I just wanted to go out and have fun. And I think I was really prepared because I was, you know, I was chomping at the bit for two years to try to get, you know, a chance. And, uh, you know, when it finally came to fruition and, and we had a great game, Coach Shoe called great plays and we had a great game plan. And then when you look up and, you know, if you look at the stat sheet, you're 23 or 24, I, I can honestly tell you, Anthony, I didn't think about it one time. And I think that's what the coolest thing was until, until you know, about the fourth quarter when you're going in, you're like, dang, you know, I, I got, you know, got something good going on here. And, and I remember, I think Aaron Rodgers played USC, and I'm, I'm a football junkie, so I'm going to remember this. And I was watching the ESPN Classic when I was young, and I think he has the record of, you know, like almost a perfect game of quarterback rating. And I'll never forget, I, and you got to check me on this, I think it's Cal USC, and I don't know what year, but he was on fire. And this was right when he was coming out for the draft and, and things like that. And I think, you know, I was watching the draft, and they kept showing highlights of that game, and I looked it up, and and uh, I told you I'm a football junkie now, and, and, and I always wanted, you know, to be perfect. And, and you know, guys make great plays. I remember uh, Dwight made a great catch over the middle, uh, on a dagger route, a, a, a deep end, and, you know, guys made plays, and I think it was fun for that to be my first start, and, you know, you know that to carry on, I, you know, my, my rest of my career, it was just, a, it was a really, really fun game, and, you know, I was from Virginia, and, and James Madison was always a, you know, school that was kind of on the on the rise, and I played a lot against, against my high school buddies that I played against, and, uh, you know, you look up at the stat sheet, and it was a pretty good game, so I was very, very fortunate. Yeah, it's kind of weird to think that actually, you know, uh, Everett Withers, who was the coach in that game, went there and coached them uh, actually that next year. So, um, (laughs) so, uh, moving on later in your career, your senior year, uh, of course, ended with the injury. I think if you are a Tar Heel fan, even if you weren't, we all remember that press conference. Why was it so tough for you to have your career end that way? Yeah, I shoot, I, I think. You know, the toughest thing, and I go back to this, it, it's about, you know, your teammates, and you don't want to let them down. And, and you know, you've, you've been there for five years like I was, and you invest so much in the program, and, and, and you really have – I just – I just it was almost like you just didn't want to let them down because I've always been the guy to kind of be the leader and be the tough guy and, and play through injuries. And, you know, I, I don't know, that was my that was my third labrum tear and, you know, played on a broken ankle. I played, you know, with an MCL. I uh, played with injuries and, and battled through it, and, and I guess the, I guess I just didn't want to let the team down of, of not being the starting quarterback. And like I said, you know, it's always a dream of yours 
to run out of the tunnel and, and I and it finally sunk in. I know I you know when I tur- when I when I tore it, I knew it was out and, and I think people have seen the video on YouTube and you know, people have sent me links and things like that. It, it it tore me up and then I came back in, tried to play and you know, completed my last pass to TJ Thorpe, which I'll never forget. I remember, you know, telling him, Hey man, just get across the middle. I don't know if it's gonna be anywhere close to you, but we got a third it was like a third and five and I threw it right on his chest and you know, I came out of the game and I just knew something wasn't right and and, uh, you know, I think to answer your question, putting all, you know, all the effort you put in for five years and to know, you know, it's taken away from you when you least expect it and you're playing a rival and, and you've always been, you know, pretty pretty much unbreakable. You know, whatever was going on, the adversity outside the program never, never really affected you because another Saturday was coming up, another workout was coming up. You were going to be able to, to be in a routine of – being around your buddies, going to doing the study hall, doing the same things they were doing, and then now you're on a different schedule. It kind of it kind of shocks you. And I think in that press conference, you know, it, you know, just the, being the leader. I think the, the biggest thing I learned when Coach Davis recruited me was, hey, you're the CEO of the company, and you're you're the leader of this ship, and you gotta you gotta kind of you're the general. And they kind of look to you for toughness. And and I was very a mental. I was a mental guy. I loved watching a film. I loved sitting down on Thursday meetings and going to O-line dinners with the guys. And, you know, I think that's when it when it all came out and when it hit me when I walked out to practice and, you know, I wasn't out there and, and everybody was kind of wondering where I was. That texted me and said, hey, we got a meeting here and you're in the group text and, you know, you, you're just, you can't tell anybody until then. And then it all came out and when everybody came over to kind of say, you know, really appreciate you, I think, you know, I still get emotional about it because, you know, Carolina means so much to me and, and we'll always we'll always mean a lot to my family, and and uh, you know it just it just kind of hits you all at once, and you don't really know at that age that it, that it's over that quick, and and uh, you know I I just had so much passion for the game, and every Saturday I gave it all I had. Yeah, well I'm, I'm going to tell you, man, you didn't let any Tar Heel fans down, and that's that's amazing. Um, so and I mean you still went on to have an NFL career. The most memorable moment I think for everybody, probably even yourself, was the rollout winner in preseason. Uh, with the Baltimore Ravens over the New Orleans Saints. So kind of walk us through that. I mean, we know as Tar Heel fans, you know, for us, watching it was amazing. But at the same time, it took you. It seemed like it took you forever to get to the end zone because you are not the most athletic runner. Let's admit that. Um, you know, just kind of walk us through that and tell us, you know, kind of what was going through your head at that moment. Well, your, your statement about being the, the most uh, unathletic runner is uh... – Completely correct. You know, uh, so you know, when I went to Denver, you know, it was a really good experience to be with Peyton, and I learned a ton. And then, you know, I was I was there for for uh, you know a little bit, almost a year, and then, you know, uh, left there not knowing when Coach got Coach Fox got fired. You know, I left there, and, and I didn't really have a have a you know have a path or a journey. So then, you know, I went to work at a golf course. I love playing golf, and then uh, you know was waiting for a call. I got a call in December right after I got cut. And, uh, and then went up to Baltimore, and Gary Kubiak was the head coach. And people don't know this, you know, he got – oh, no, he, Gary Kubiak was the offense coordinator, excuse me. And, uh, you know, he had ties with John Elway, obviously, and, and Elway called him and said, hey, you need to work this kid out, and they ended up signing me to a futures deal. And then, you know, from that point on, I beat out a sixth-rounder in Keith winning, and I was still battling. And, you know, I always, even at Carolina, I had a competitive mindset and, and things like that. But to go along with that play, you know uh, – yeah, we we called a we called a, a naked and I, I wrote you know we got the ball back. I threw a bad interception to drive before to kind of cost us the lead, and we got the ball back and you know to drive down 
we, we converted a fourth and 20 to Max Williams where he got it, hurt it over a guy. And it seemed like everything was going right. And then, you know, Coach Mark Tressman, who's a long time, uh, you know, NFL, you know, just a great coach in his own right. I jog over to the sideline and he goes, hey, we're calling a, a rollout here. And I'm like, are you sure you just don't want to run it? We're on the one-yard line. And he goes, call the rollout. We're going to call the rollout. So then I checked the play and we call the rollout. And the end rushes off the field. You know, we good play fake by the running back. And I swear it took me, it felt like I had four people on my back. And once I turned the corner, I was like, well, there's no looking back now. And I yeah. just dove and, and then it was all, it was all a blur after that. But, uh, you know, it, it did take me a long, long time to get in that end zone. But, you know, if I didn't throw a pick, I don't know if we, if, we, if that would have happened. So I guess it's a good thing. Well, that's one of my favorite plays of your entire career. So uh, that's that's awesome that uh, Mark Tressman made that happen for us. So uh, yeah, absolutely. You then, you know, I know there was a period of time you've you've done some stuff uh, with, with broadcasting. You know, something that I'm really passionate about. You hosted the UNC Huddlecast with Matt Merletti, and uh, yeah. you were even a guest host uh, with Raycom Sports in the studio. So, you know, what were those experiences like? Well, they were unbelievable. You know, I got my communications degree from Carolina, and it's always been a passion of mine to, you know, eventually down the road, you know, analyze football, talk about football, because I've always been around it. Like I said, I'm a football junkie, but those I was really appreciative of those experiences, because in the offseason, when you're still training, you kind of work, work on a side career, and, and I love ESPN. I love, you know, just talking about the game, wherever, you know, if you give me a whiteboard and a dry erase marker, I can sit in there all day. <laughs> and so, you know, it was really good experience. I was around really good people um, that helped me do that. And I think Kevin Best, you know, our SID that was at Carolina now that works for the ACC, really helped me kind of develop that passion uh, for it. And I've always loved being around the game and, and uh, you know, just, just talking the game. And it was good to kind of get on the field with Clint Portis, uh, who works for the Raycom ACC Digital Network, which I worked for. Um, and those guys taught me. You know, we, we filmed a lot. Um we, we critiqued, and I didn't know how much critiquing went on. You know, you take a couple takes and you stutter a little bit, or you're, you're, you don't have your thoughts ready. Um, you're, you, you just—it's just like football. You got to be prepared. Um, so it was really cool. I worked the, the Florida State Duke game, and that was really cool in Charlotte when uh, Florida State won it, and Jameis was on his run. Uh, got a chance to you know be around the players and get around that side of sports on the media side. And I've always had a lot of respect for the media because. They have a tough job, and sometimes I'm always not the nicest guy to talk to about interceptions and stuff, but they got to do their job too. So it was really a cool experience to, to know that, you know, you get at a young age you get a chance to kind of develop a future career if that's where uh, where it's headed. Uh, so to get those experiences, you know, I always cherish those and talk to those, those people and, and, and can never thank them enough. Yeah, you see your passion for football, man, and now you are an assistant at – Florida International under Coach Davis. Um, I mean, you know, you just said it. You had you had pro day yesterday and everything, so you're sort of getting into that coaching mindset. You know, how do you like it so far? And then, yeah, I know you're going to want to talk about it, so talk about some of those players that you've got there that are really, you know, special to you. Yeah, um, you know, once I got released by the Steelers um, in 2016, uh, it was around the middle of the season, and, and, you know, I didn't really know what to do, so I went and took, a, you know, one of our quality guys at, uh, at North Carolina who really helped me. Wes Satterfield is now the offensive coordinator at Austin Peay. Uh, you know, you know, I was I was struggling because you know when you're done with the game and you know it's kind of your time uh, to be done with it, it, it's kind of tough. You know, you see Brett Favre, you know, guy I idolized, you know, who always kept coming back. Um, you know, you know, it, it's tough to cope with the game of, of 
you know, giving it up as a player. And, you know, what, what's the next best thing? So I was sitting there and I was like, you know, I, I got to get the football, football fix. And so, you know, I just got in my car and, and drove down there from, I was living in Charlotte at the time and I just drove down there and ended up staying for the whole rest of the season with Austin P. And we ended up, you know, not, not getting a win. You know, we went 0 and 11, but it was the funnest time I've had because the kids really bought into the system and it was Will Healy's first year. And I don't know if you know much about Austin P, but they actually went eight and eight and four this year and should have made the playoffs in division, you know, in the, in the FCS division. Wow. And they really turned the culture around and, Getting that, you know, I was working with the quarterbacks and working with the offenses, and, mm-hmm. and I wasn't getting paid a dime. And they always say, if, if, you, if you can do it for free, it's a passion of yours. And uh, so it became a passion. And working with those young men and developing the culture that I had at Carolina. So I go back and lean on those Carolina roots of the, the conversation I had with A.J. Blue and, and saying, hey, you know, A.J.'s a really, really good friend of mine. You know, what's the next best thing? A.J. said, go coach, man. You got it in you. So being a leader of men and kind of dealing with the Carolina stuff and, and being a leader, I always wanted to be in charge of, of men and, and develop the culture because it was so much fun in Carolina. So I go to Austin Peay and, uh, and do that, and, I, and, you know, it was awesome. So then I, so then Coach Davis, you know, after our season's completed, I uh, go back to Charlotte, and he's like, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, I texted him, you know, a couple times back and forth, and I was like, you know, I coach, I don't know what I want to do. Just thinking about real estate, thinking about a lot of things, and, you know, he goes, hey, come down here and, and let's get this thing rolling. And uh, sure enough, I drove down in January January 2nd right after New Year's, and I haven't left since. And, you know, like you said, we developed a really core group of guys last year of our seniors that kind of were going through the same thing I did, and I could relate to them. And I think the biggest thing about coaching nowadays is you have to relate to the players, and you have to go through what they're going through. And there's no better example of, of the three coaches that we talked about in the previous question, dealing with that dealing with the adversity off the field and losing your coach your senior year. You know, there's a lot of if-ends or, or what's going to happen. And I was able to relate to these 13 seniors that participated in Pro Day yesterday really, really well, and they bought in. And I was able to sit down with them and say, look, if you just buy into the culture and buy in and, and, and you develop your own kind of lingo, your own kind of way you want to play and how you want, want to run, because ultimately in college football, you control the wins and losses, you know, at every level. And if you develop a culture of, hey, we're not going to quit, and these are our standards, and we're going to, on and off the field, we're going to abide by them, then you can have a heck of a time. And our guys really bought in. So last year was the third uh, most wins in school history, uh, going 8-5 and five and playing Temple in the Gasparilla Bowl in St. Pete. And getting those guys to the bowl game and seeing the joy on their face that I had every bowl game that we went to and every practice that they went to and just had fun with the game. And I think that's what's great about sports is you can develop that culture. But I really think the cornerstone was Alex Magoo, and he reminded me a lot of myself. You know, he, he left as the all-time leading passer, and, you know, I don't want to my horn, but I had a really good career, and, and it was kind of like we just hit it off. And so he did a really good job being the glue of, of, the, of, the, uh, of the franchise and being the CEO, and I actually just, you know, got in the car and left the office, and I just met with them again, and so he's getting ready for his private workouts with his guys, and he really threw well, and a lot of our guys participated well yesterday, and, and I think that's going to that's gonna kind of carry the culture of FIU and what we're, what we're trying to build with Coach Davis. Well, that's awesome, man, and we're going to, you know, of course, I think everybody's wishing your guys the best and all the success. 
Uh, the last question that we've got to get to, I've been asking this to all of the former players that I've interviewed. We heard Joel Berry say in a press conference earlier this year for basketball that he didn't really believe that NC State was a rival of ours. He kind of sees Duke as our only true rival. Um, you know, being part of UNC Athletics, are you with him on this, or do you think that NC State is considered a rival for us? Well, you know, I first off, I take my hat off to Joe. I've talked to him a couple times, and, and he he had a heck of a career. Um, you know, just a great player, and, and I really respect you know his whole career and, and the adversity that he went through a little bit with the injuries and and guys just fighting through and really having a good two years. And you know, I watched his senior day speech when he talked about Coach Williams, and it was it was phenomenal. And that's what the Carolina culture, him and Theo, they're they're really really class class acts. But right. you know, as far as the rivalry, I think. And I compare it like this. Duke's a great rivalry in basketball. That's one of the best ever. It's Yankees, Red Sox, and then probably close second, Duke, Carolina. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think for us, it was always NC State. You know, going on the road and playing them was the toughest environment um, I've ever been in uh, in a college game. You know, we played at Clemson, played at uh, uh, Virginia Tech, you know, played LSU in the Georgia Bowl. I played in pretty big-time games, even in the NFL. Um but that, that rivalry, it's, it, it's kind of like, okay, Duke Carolina can have basketball, but you got to have NC State Carolina in football. Um, I love, uh, you know, playing Duke and, and trying to get the bell back, and we played them on a Thursday night. We, that one year, uh, we, we came up a little bit short uh, in that game. But it's a rivalry, but it means more when you beat State for sure. And so I, I probably would disagree with Joel and say that, you know, the NC State Duke, I mean, NC State Carolina – uh, rivalry in football is one of the best, and I and, and probably my favorite game of my career is the the Geo punt return game. I'll never forget that one. And the, what doesn't go unnoticed, and I'm going to call Eric Ebron out, and I hope he listens to this. Uh, you can tag him on whatever. <laughs> he drops, he drops Anthony. He drops a ball, a little little tunnel screen that he would have walked in, and we would have won in regulation. So now he can thank, you know, Geo can thank Eric for dropping that ball on the goal line, and he would have walked in. And we would have won in regulation. Instead, we go to overtime, and I mean, no, we go. You know, we win in regulation with Geo's punt return. So I always make fun of Ebron whenever I see him. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm not speaking for everyone, but at this rate, man, I, we, we saw what happened. I don't think any of us would want to take that memory away. So thank you, Absolutely. Eric Ebron, for dropping the ball, yeah. man. Because Geo just. That is unbelievable. Yeah, wow. So, uh, hey, Brent, this was awesome, man. This this was just so fun. Uh, we're going to have to have you back on, man. So, definitely, we'll, we'll talk to you during the season. Um, you know, I don't I, – do you, do you try to keep up with Carolina at all? So, Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, I, I, I watch from afar now. You know, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, trying to get our guys prepared for the game. And, and coaching is tough now. You've you got to be prepared at all times. And it's full throttle trying to get the kids prepared. But, you know, I watch from afar, and, and you know, I, I will always bleed Carolina blue. And, and uh, but, you know, you, you kind of, you kind of, you are where your feet are. So my feet are always going to be, you know, for right now in, in, uh, in Miami here at FIU. But, uh, you know, I'll watch from afar, and I definitely keep up with them. And, uh, you know, I still talk to AJ a lot. And Jeff Schottmer just got a, a coaching position, a graduate assistant job right. there. He's a good friend of mine. And, and you know, obviously Shaq's there, too. And Quinshot Davis is on the staff as a GA. Um, so I talk to those, those guys, and they keep me informed. And, uh, you know, I talk to all of my teammates. we got group text, so I always get the, the inside scoop on Carolina, and, and I hope I always will. 
because it means a lot to me. But, you know, my feet are here, and hopefully we can have a good season. Hopefully they can too. All right, man. Hey, best of luck to you guys, and uh, we'll talk to you down the line, all right? Thanks, buddy. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you so much. You have a great day, okay? Yes, sir.